Well, the Lord is good. Amen. Hallelujah. It's always an honor and, and feel like a great responsibility to, especially anytime you're in this pulpit, especially on a Wednesday night, usually when Pastor Hagen definitely is here, but uh, he asked me to fill in for him tonight. And so here we are. But uh, how many of you know we don't have a fill-in Savior? Fill-in God. <laughs> Might have a fill-in preacher, but we don't have that. So the same God is God all the time. Amen. Don't get me started. God on the platform. Oh, never mind. That's a whole nother. You want to get me? That's, that's a Winter Bible Seminar thing, I think. You know, hallelujah. You would, only Pentecostals that get excited about singing where God is God, you know. We sang that in that church I was growing up in. People would be like, what are we talking about the platform for? Anyway, hallelujah. If you got your Bible, I want you to turn to Psalm 103 tonight. You know, in the, we, we have such a greatest salvation, amen? What Jesus has provided for us is, I still don't know that we know fully, anyone knows fully all that Jesus has done, all that he has accomplished, God has accomplished through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? I mean, the depths of the salvation, uh, you know, uh, uh, in Isaiah 12, it talks about the wells of salvation. We're told in, uh, in the apostle Paul talked about working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. That's not working to be saved. That's what we got so much in us. I think Jesus took care of every area of life. I'm just seeing it more and more and more. And I want to talk about one area tonight, but, but in doing that, we will need to look at all the areas. I'm going to read this first from the King James Bible. Uh, Psalm 103, starting with verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities, who heals all thy diseases. Now, we don't talk, we don't use thys and that. So who's thy? That's your. Okay. So he's talking to you and I, he heals all of our diseases who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Glory to God. Listen to this from the new living translation it says a Psalm of David, let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Not just the thing he's done. How about the things he's doing? Don't forget them, he said. Don't, don't forget them. Glory to God. You know, the King James says, uh, 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 forget not all of his benefits. Here he says, don't forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Some of them, all of them, all of them. Well, that's not all he did. He redeems me from death, crowns me with love and tender mercies. Hallelujah. You know, in Psalm 8, it says that he created us, crowned us, crowned us. He, he created mankind. One translation says with dignity and honor. Glory to God. God has highly valued you. He highly values you. Every person, you know, even the person, you know, we might count the least, God highly values them. The blood of Jesus was shed for them. The, it goes on here to say, he fills my life with good things. 
I know some folks don't like it when you read scriptures like that. They don't like, you know, brother, back, in the, back in the day when Brother Roberts, Earl Roberts first went on television and said, something good is going to happen to you. Made people mad. Made people mad. You just talk about how good God is and that God wants to be good to you. Amen. You know, God's good. He just didn't become good after Jesus, you know, rose again. God has always been good. He's a good God. He says, and my youth is renewed like the eagles. Well, we want to talk about these benefits tonight just in, in, in some areas, but especially in one area. And that is the fact, and let's go to Isaiah 61, first of all, we'll read here. One of the areas that I think that uh, uh, is becoming more and more evident. And the reason I say this, because it's, you know, more and more people talking about it. I hear more and more Christians talking about these things. And you see some things kind of going out in the world. And I've talked about it here before in our, some of these services. But the idea of, of mental torment and being affected by a past that, uh, uh, first of all, uh, everyone in here has got a past. But it's past. But are you past your past? You know, sometimes we do, we, it takes time for us to, to get past our past. And I think that's part of working out our salvation, going through the process of digging in the, and digging in, you know, and I'm not, I'm not for, I don't think that the, the, the Bible and that God wants you to go back and dig up everything that comes along. But when something does come up, apply the word of God to it. Amen. And remind Satan, wait a minute, that's been covered by the blood really not even covered, been, been eradicated by the blood. I'm clean. I'm not that person that happened to any longer. I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new and all things are of God. Well, by the time you get down that line a little bit, the devil's leaving you alone and you just, just keep on quoting the scriptures. Just keep on. If he sticks his head back up again, you start having a thought of condemnation, a thought that, you know, this time it's not going to work. Start saying what the word says again. Just stay with the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, and again, if you're dealing with mental torment, you've got, you're dealing with anxiety, you're dealing with different things, you've got some things from your past that are affecting you today, there is therefore now no condemnation in Christ. So don't, we're not talking about being condemned over it. We're not talking about, you know, nobody's looking down their, their religious nose at you. We'll let those who are without uh, sin cast the first stone. In other words, those that have no problems can cast stones at those that do. How many of you know there ain't, ain't going to be any rock throwing in this place tonight? Right? All of us have areas that we are dealing with and overcoming. We're working out our salvation. Thank God our spirit's brand new, new creatures in Christ the moment we got born again. But we got this, you know, you got, we got a soul. We got a mind. We got our emotions. And we got a will that we have to conform that to the will of God. We have to renew our mind. We have to take the Word of God. We've got to take those old ways of thinking, those patterns out, and replace them with new thought patterns that are based on God's Word. Well, one of, the, one of those is that Jesus, through, or God, through Jesus Christ, has loaded us with benefits. 
He wants to daily load us with benefits, and we're not to forget him. Here in Isaiah 61, verse 1, speaking of the Messiah, and we know that's Jesus, who is to come, says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Now, we're going to come back to that statement. To proclaim liberty to the captives and opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. You know, you might, you might be brokenhearted. You might have had your heart broken. You might be, you know, you might think your life is in ashes right now, but I got good news for you. Jesus has provided a beautiful life. He's provided, man, you might be, you know, I like, I think the oil of joy for mourning. You know, you get yourself in mourning. If you don't watch it, it'll dry you up from the inside out. But how many of you know, just like the tin man, a little bit of oil will loosen you up a little bit. Glory to God. Amen. Now, if you don't know who the tin man was, God bless you. You, you live without the benefit of being scared senseless by flying monkeys. Amen. Ask your neighbor later on the way home. You can ask somebody about that. Hallelujah. Listen to this in the New Living Translation. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. I'm telling you, if your heart's been broken, there's comfort for you. Hallelujah. Through Jesus Christ. To proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. A joyous blessing instead of mourning. Festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Not some, you know, not some soft old tree that just falls over every time the wind blows, but a big old oak tree. It stands the test of time. God has that. That's what Jesus came to do. And how many of you know he finished it? He did the work. Look over in Luke chapter 4 now. Hallelujah. Luke, the fourth chapter. Let's see. Luke chapter 4. Here's what Jesus said in verses 18 and 19. Remember, he's there at, the at his hometown in his own synagogue there. And it said, as his custom was, he stood up for to read. They handed him the book of Isaiah, the prophet. He found this place where it was written. Verse 18, and we just read it in Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. See, Jesus knew he, that's what he had come to do. That's, that's what he came to do because God said, that's what the spirit of the Lord will be upon him. He will do these things. All right. Now, you know, we, we talk a lot about sometimes about physical healing. Yes. How many of you know, uh, and about our sins, how many know our sins are forgiven, right? He bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead unto sin might live unto righteousness. Hallelujah. And then by his stripes, we were healed. We talk about healing for our bodies, but just as much 
as there is forgiveness of sins and healing for our bodies, there is freedom to the captive and, and, and healing for the brokenhearted. Amen? Glory to God. Listen to this from the Amplified Classic. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He sent me to announce release to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who were oppressed, who were downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. Hallelujah. To do what with those? Deliver those. I don't care what life has done to you. I don't care what someone's done to you. You've been, you've been beat down. You've been bruised. You've been crushed, broken down in life. I got good news for you tonight. Jesus has delivered you from it. Hallelujah. But if, if you won't get past it, then it's going to be current. You know, whatever you're spending time concentrating on is what's cur- is current in your life right now. Amen. What did the blind man say? He goes, all I know is I once was blind, but now I see. You might be able to say, well, all I know was once I was beaten down. I was done wrong. I was downtrodden. I was brokenhearted. But now, but now, why can you say but now? Because of but God. What God did. Glory to God. I'm not downtrodden anymore. I was, but I'm not. Don't be calling me old downtrodden one. Don't be calling me old broken up one. Well, that they, you know, you've just had so much. I don't care what I've had in my past. I've got a future in God. I'm a new person. Hallelujah. He said to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. Woo, glory to God. My cup runneth over. Hallelujah. My nets are breaking. My boats are sinking because God's so good. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's go back to Isaiah 53. Kind of read all that to get to here. Isaiah chapter 53. We know this is the, the chapter that specifically, well, there's oh, so many others in the, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that speak of the suffering Messiah, if you will, what, what Jesus would go through. And it was hard for the the people of his day to look at him and to see what happened to him. And remember at the cross, they, you know, the one, the, the, the uh, Roman soldier said, this must be the son. They didn't say that because they recognized him as Jesus, son of God. They thought this must be the, the son of God's punishing him because he did something wrong. And how many of you know his own generation didn't receive him? They didn't recognize him. The light shined in the darkness and the darkness comprehended. They didn't, re- they didn't recognize, they didn't understand they had forgotten. You know, you can make sometimes, and I think about this, you know, they made the Messiah in their own image instead of, instead of receiving the Messiah that God sent them. They're, remember, they still, they're still, even after Jesus rose again, his disciples said, are you going to restore the kingdom at this time? Amen. I, we don't have any record of it, but I wonder how many of those that were around had gotten swords that didn't have swords. They're thinking, Jesus is, I mean, this is it. We're taking this thing over. But he said, no, it's not for you to know the time or the seasons, but my Father which is in heaven. But let's look here and see this. We're going to start in verse 1, first five verses here of Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report? 
And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Now he's talking about the Messiah. We know this is Jesus. And as a root out of dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. In other words, you know, he looked like everyone else in his day. There was, I'm sorry, I don't know what pictures you've seen, but there was no halo around his head when he walked around, you know, carrying that lamb. I don't know why he's carrying that lamb everywhere he went, but, uh, you know, uh, but he didn't have, there was nothing you could look at and say, that, oh, that's got to be the Messiah. And you know, we should know that God already kind of put that principle out there when Samuel went to anoint the new king. He said, look, you all look on the outward, I look on the inward. It wasn't what Jesus was on the outside, even though he was a man just like us, but it's what he was on the inside. Glory to God. Now let's read what it says here in verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. I want to go ahead and read this from the Amplified Bible and then talk about what I want to talk about, what I feel like we should talk about. Who has believed, trusted, and relied upon, and clung to our message of that which is revealed to us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been disclosed? For the servant of God grew up before him like a tender plant. And like a root out of dry ground, he has no form nor comeliness, royal kingly pomp, that we should look at him and no beauty that we should, should desire him. He was despised and rejected and forsaken by men, a man of sorrows and pains, acquainted with grief and sickness. And like one whom, we, whom men hid their faces, he was despised, and we did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem of him. Surely he's borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with his stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. I want to center up tonight on verse 3. He is despised and rejected. Many people grow up and have people despise them and reject them. You know, there's even extreme cases of parents that reject children and despise children and, and just do all kinds of evil to their children. There's, there's things such as all that that took, took place. But I want you to know something tonight. Jesus bore all of that so you wouldn't have to. Once we come to him, he will free us and free you from every bit of that. And there won't be any evidence in you that it ever even happened or existed. You'd be a new person in Christ. He's despised. What does it mean to despise? It means to dishonor. To dishonor. You remember even in his own hometown, he was not honored, right? They said, wait a minute, we know who you are. He was familiar to them. And then he said to them, you know, a prophet's not without honor except in his own hometown. Everywhere else he goes, he's honored. But in his hometown, he's not. That's why, you know, sometimes used to, I heard people say once, once you know, before I've heard them say, you know, an expert, somebody who lives, at, who lives at least 50 miles away from where you are, come in, you know. 
Some of our, some of our uh, ministers here that are pastors, they can tell you this. You, uh, a, a guest minister will come in and say something that the pastor's been saying for three, the last three months, and the people just heard it the first time. Well, I've never heard anything like that. You think, I've preached that for the last three months, you know. But they're familiar with you. Amen? You know, the Bible, there's a lot of things. Uh, God said concerning the children of Israel, they despised his commandments. Esau despised his birthright and sold it for a morsel of bread, for a meal. He sold his birthright. And Hebrews 12 says this, when he wanted it back, he couldn't find a place of repentance. There was no way to get it back because he'd already sold it. He despised it. He didn't honor it. He thought it was something to be taken lightly. Maybe you've been dishonored. It means to set aside or neutralized. Maybe somebody set you aside, told you they didn't need you anymore. You know, all of us experience some of these things. Neutralized, it means. It means to be undervalued. You know, whatever you, what, it means to be uh, depreciated. <laughs> to, to be despised means to de- depreciate. In other words, how many of you know what you appreciate grows in value? What you depreciate loses value. It means to be looked down upon with contempt or scorn. Here's a, here's a big one, to be thought little of. See, I don't, know, I don't know your past. I don't really need to know your past to tell you this. It doesn't matter if that's your experience. It you could be going through some of those things now. It does, listen, listen, Jesus is anointed to heal your broken heart. All of these things will just break your heart. It'll mess with your emotions. It'll mess with your mind. It causes people to have tormenting thoughts. It causes people to live in anxiety. But there's freedom, glory to God, in Christ. There's a well of salvation of freedom on the inside of you. Amen. It means to be disdained, to be disrespected, to be disregarded. He mentioned it there, despised and rejected. Here's one. It said, it, I, these are all from the dictionary. It says, to make utterly nothing of. Maybe somebody told you you were no good. You'll never amount to anything. I got good news for you. You're a child of God. You're a king and a priest unto God. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. The greater one lives on the inside of you. The most precious commodity that's ever existed on this earth was the spotless blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And that's what it cost God to pay for you. And if you know anything about selling, the value of something's not what someone asked for it, it's what it actually costs to get it. What is someone willing to pay for that? That's what, how valuable it is. Amen? How valuable are you? How valuable are those people out there that don't know about Jesus? How valuable is this world out there? These folks that are, you know, we, we look at them and think, man, <laughs> there's some confusion somewhere. People doing all kinds of strange and things, trying to be accepted by somebody. But you got to come to the great acceptor who will accept you into the beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? It means to... 
to be, to be viewed as unworthy. Thank God we're worthy in Christ. I'm telling you, you know, you say, well, I, you know, that, I'm not really dealing with anything. But you, you, I'm going to tell you what, if we're in this world, these things are going to come our way. You're never going to get so far in your faith that you just, nothing ever happens or comes your way. The storms of life are going to come against you. But if you build your life and your house on, and your family and, your, and, and everything about you on the, word, the foundation of the Word of God, what it says, let the wind blow, let the rain come, let the flood rise. I'm safe in God because I'm safe in His Word. It means to be scoffed at, to be jeered at, to be sneered at. You know, I'll never forget I was at a at a, uh, this is early on in my Christian walk. Back in the early 80s, I was at a big convention and there was different, you know, ministers there and uh, go out in the, you know, the, uh, uh, well, the expedition, all of the product area, you know, people were sell, selling their books and tapes and different things like that. Well, there happened to be a minister out there, you know, who was sitting there and some, some person came up and talked to them, you know, and when they walked away, and I'm just kind of standing there observing, you know, I'm watching, you know, I'm, I'm kind of watching. These are, these are ministers. These are folks, you know, and I'm not going to tell you their name, but, you know, they, they were well-known at that time. They're on TV and all this kind of stuff. And when that person, it was, when that person walked away, they looked at their staff who was around them, and they scoffed at that person. And they made a face about that person. They made light of that person, made little of that person. And I, I thought right then, something's wrong about that. Aren't you glad that when you came with all of your weirdness to God, he didn't scoff at you? And I know it's easy to look at people who are different than us and just think how crazy they are. But they're looking at you thinking how crazy you are. And a whole lot of crazy going on, right? Amen. But I got good news for you tonight. Through Jesus Christ, God will never scoff at you. He'll never jeer at you. He'll never sneer at you. He'll never make light of you. Amen. He'll never put you down because he lifted Jesus up on that cross. And when Jesus went to that cross, all the despising, all the things we just read, he bore that for you. All the rejection you've ever experienced in your life, Jesus bore that on the cross. All the shame that you've ever experienced in your life, Jesus bore that on the cross. You know, we have a pretty picture of Jesus on the cross, you know, with the, the thing. But they hung, the Romans hung people there naked, totally humiliated. Any humiliation you've ever had in your life, anybody ever humiliated you, anybody ever put you down, anybody put you to shame, Jesus bore it on the cross. He bore and took everything so that we could have his salvation and have his benefit. And it's not just put off till you get to heaven. Now, we know in heaven, I mean, it's going to be easy in heaven, no, no enemy there. You go, but you got an enemy here. Now, look around. Not one person in here is your enemy. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, do we? But against those principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Now, 
how do I, how do I partake of that? Number one, humble yourself. Humble yourself and admit you need help. Until I humble myself, I can't resist the devil. Until I humble myself and say, you know, I don't have this all together. I might need some help here. Humble yourself. And in humbling yourself, do this. As you humble yourself, you have to forgive everybody that's done something against yourself. All, anybody that's done, as you humble yourself, you're forgiving everybody else. Because first, you know, you have to forgive yourself. Humbling yourself will cause you to forgive yourself. You and a lot of people, the devil's convinced you that ha- bad thing happened to you. You were abused. You were done because it was you. There's something wrong with you. No, there's something wrong with the devil. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy, right? But Jesus came that you might have life, have it more abundantly. So humble yourself. Forgive yourself, forgive others. Number two, in the Hebrews chapter 11, it said that had Abraham had an, had, had Abraham looked and kept in his mind of where he came from, he would have had opportunity to go back there. Quit living in the past. Let the word of God tell you who you are now and who, what your future is. I didn't give it to him. Look over in 1 John chapter 3 for just a moment. A lot of folks that have been through this type of thing, one of the things that they, they have a hard time with is, under, is understanding how you can even have hope that anything could ever be better again. But I'm telling you, hallelujah. Isn't there a ministry here in town called Hope Dealers? Isn't there? They do street outreach and stuff like that. I've heard of them. Jesus is the ultimate hope dealer. <laughs> I'll be glory to God. And I'm going to tell you, get a good fix of it. The hope that's in Christ. Hope is confident expectation. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we, might be called, that we should be called the sons of God, children of God here. Therefore the world knows us not because it knew him not. Beloved now, everybody say now. Now we are the children of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. Knowing this, we should have hope. And that hope causes us to purify ourselves. But hope is always what's out in front of me. So you need to think about more about what's in front of you than what's behind you. I mean, now you know every once in a while you're driving, you got to look in the rearview mirror. Because you don't know who's driving up behind you. <laughs> but you need to check those things. But to go forward, you got to look ahead. To move from where I was to where I want to go, I got to look ahead. So don't be concentrating on the past. Concentrate on what, ha- what Jesus has done for you and what, in other words, you realize Jesus' past, past action has present day application. 
But all those other things that happened to you, all the despising, the rejecting that took place, don't let it have present application in your life. Don't give it place. The moment you hear, just say, no, 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 Jesus bore my rejection. Jesus bore my despising. He bore my shame. He carried my sorrows. My peace was paid for by his chastisement. Hallelujah. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's just, let's just all stand up right now. Let's just lift our hands up before the Lord. Lift your voice. Just tell him you love him. Father, I just pray for everyone, in this, everyone here tonight, everybody that might be watching. Father, right now, I thank you, Father God, that Jesus is still the anointed to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. And I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord God. I pray even if there's someone here that doesn't know you and someone that's watching that doesn't know you, that they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, that they come to know that delivering power, that they come to know the freedom and the healing of brokenness that they might have. Father, we know that as we humble ourselves that you can exalt us then in due time. I thank you, Father God, for that being true. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, for bearing the disrespect, the disregard, and the rejection that all of us have faced at one time or another. Father, I pray that not one person will be defined by their past, but they'll be defined by their hope and the finished work of Christ. And Father, we thank you that you who have begun a good work in us will complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Now, hallelujah. Just lift your voice up and thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We give you praise in this place. We give you praise and glory in this place, Lord. We magnify and exalt you, Jesus. You're worthy of all praise and honor and glory. We bless and magnify your holy name. You heal the brokenhearted and set the captive free. You bore our shame. We praise your name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Father, we just bless you. We honor you in this place. Hallelujah. I believe this with all my heart that there's healing taking place right now. Glory to God. In the presence of the Lord, there's joy, there's peace, there's comfort, there's healing, there's deliverance. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you and we praise you tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Look, if you're here tonight and you need someone to talk to you and pray with you just a little bit further, not to, not to you know, have a counseling session, but to have a pr- someone pray with you. The uh, men are over here on my left, ladies over here on my right. Ladies come to the ladies, men to the men. These folks will pray with you according to the word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, 
enjoy tomorrow's going to be 40 degrees tomorrow. Enjoy it. Woohoo! Hopefully, right? We believe in God, and we 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 let's. I'm a, I'm believing with Pastor Craig that we're going to have spring Bible seminar, not winter, at our Bible seminar. All right. Hey, shake hands with somebody before you you leave tonight. Let them know you're glad they're here. Remember all the announcements. See you Sunday morning, right in this auditorium at 10 o'clock. Amen. God bless you.